Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. I'm your host, James Jenkins, and my guest for this episode is Steve Moore, formerly of Lightspeed Voice, now of Better Agency. I'm not actually sure what his title is, Vice President of Business Development, Agent Engagement, something like that. Steve is a guy who is all about making connections and making everybody around him better. Uh, I've had the privilege of calling Steve a colleague and friend for a couple of years now, and he really is the definition of a go-getter. He's the kind of person who succeeds in whatever environment he finds himself in. I'm a huge fan of Better Agency. I am an on-paper advisor for them. Uh, I will be an investor uh, with them before too long. All these things in our house need to get bought first. If I uh, try to become a, a BA investor at this point, I think my wife might literally throw something at me. So Steve brings just a great interview, a great conversation. I think you're really going to enjoy uh, where we go here. Uh, I'm just going to get to the bumper. No ask, uh, no call to action for this episode. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the greatness that is a conversation with Steve Moore. And that's all we're going to do now. Let's hit that bumper and get into episode 67. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. There are two kinds of people in the insurance industry. Those who are captive and those who are free. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast. Captivity can go far beyond the companies you represent. It starts between your ears and its impact is felt in every corner of your business. We're all about helping agency principals and sales professionals reach your maximum potential and flex your freedom. If your goals are big enough, you're going to have to get uncomfortable to be able to reach them. Our team at RiskWell is living this out every single day. This show is where I share our successes, our failures, and everything I learn along the way. We deliver relevant, tactical, and actionable content from industry peers, innovative partners, and a variety of leaders from other business verticals. We're not holding anything back. There's no upsell, no guru pitch, and no fluff. It's time to unshackle yourself from captivity and make your freedom jump with the Agency Freedom Podcast. Let's go. So every once in a while, you get one of these guests that comes on to the podcast, and it's like, whoo-wee, oh, this is going to be a fun one. <laughs> Ladies and gents, I am bringing you Mr. Steve Moore. Uh, I, I was giving him a hard time just a little bit ago. I said, you know, in the vendor world over the insurance industry, you're kind of a celebrity. Like, everybody is <laughs> all about the gossip. What's up, Steve Moore? He left Lightspeed, which is a great company. He's what? Steve Moore went to better agency? Oh my goodness. What is going on here? So yeah, Steve reached out and was like, hey dude, I want to pick your brain on some better agency stuff. And I'm like, yeah, cool. We can talk about that, but can I get you on the show? He's like, well, yeah. It's like, I want to make sure I'm the first one to interview you with a BA title after your name. And he was kind enough to give me that courtesy. And here he is, Steve Moore, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the uh, Agency Freedom Podcast. Well, thank you, Mr. Jenkins. You're too kind, but uh, definitely excited to chat. Like you mentioned, been kind of in the transition phase for the last several weeks, just getting my feet under me and ready to uh, tell the story and, and get things rocking and rolling with Better Agency. Man, the thing I love about Steve Moore is you really bridge the gap uh, of you know BD people in the vendor world because a lot of folks talk a good game and they're really good at the sales side of things and you know they're smooth on the phone and then you got another camp of people that are wonks that are just in the trench making stuff happen you know operationally minded they're really pragmatic and practical and all about the end result and you my friend are really good at both of those things you are smooth talking you have this perfect hair that i'm so jealous of <laughs> you got you know got the celebrity hair going on and, you know, suave in a networking environment, but then you bring it on the execution, you're, you're buttoned up process-wise, you're really pragmatic, thinking about user experience, uh, the way that everything looks and feels. 
you're basically the total package. So <laughs> the moment that I heard, and I wasn't allowed to talk about it because it was months ago when Will was like, yeah, I'd love to have Steve Moore. He's great. I was like, what? Yeah. You guys are going for Steve Moore? And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're just kind of talking to him and seeing what happens. I was like, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. And here we are. Absolutely. So, yeah. man, I would love to hear your your backstory. Because a guy like you, it doesn't matter where you are and what you do, you're going to be successful. Because that's just how you're wired. Like, you are a hustler, a grinder from start to finish. Yeah. What what happened prior to Lightspeed? Catch me up with your career before Lightspeed Voice because you and I met in 2019 oh, and right. yeah. uh, you you were th- there at that. You were actually, no, it wasn't 19. It was in San Diego at Innovation. You were on the booth at Lightspeed and I came up and just struck up conversation and that's how this whole thing got started. There you go. So, catch me up from, you know, before uh, innovation 2020 yeah. January uh, in San Diego. Uh, what, what's your bio before that? Yeah, absolutely. So I do have quite the bio, you know, kind of the uh, lots of experience, so to speak. But You're kind uh, of a big deal. No, it's all good. So um, kind of worked, uh, you know, kind of working backwards. Like you mentioned, I was at Lightspeed Voice, but really prior to that, um, you know, I jumped into the insure tech space, I would really say in like 2009 um, with a small company called eBridge. And they, Created mm-hmm. a product called eAgent, which was a kind of a light AMS, you know, back in the day. Hmm. Um, we were selling a lot to all state agents, uh, among other captives, was really kind of our, our target market. And then in 2012, hmm. we did a good enough job of that. We're, in uh, 2012, all state actually bought the product. Um, and I went along with the acquisition to all state. So, yeah, really from 2009 or 2012 until I joined Lightspeed Voice, I was managing agency facing technology for Allstate. Um, you know, hmm. AMS getting that. So you're, you're OG InsureTech. I guess so. InsureTech you know? before it was even called InsureTech. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We're early awesome. in the game for sure. And, you know, when I started with eBridge, like paperless was the hot thing. That's how eBridge got started. We were literally a, a digital filing cabinet. And then, you know, the agent said, hey, we could really use some of this other um, database stuff along with reporting and automation, which, again, we were kind of early in that game. And, and Allstate did jump on it pretty pretty quickly. And uh, kind of interesting thing there, it was the only product with an Allstate that was, it was owned by Allstate, but it was not mandatory. So I was still actually selling, although it was owned by Allstate, which was kind of interesting. And but we got that rolled out to about ninety three percent of the country as an optional tool, which was which was pretty awesome. Mm. Um, and uh, you know, just really got to learn a lot about the you know database structures, about integrations and automations and all that kind of jazz. So did that for coming up you know close to nine years, and just really corporate grind just wasn't my thing. You know, I could have stayed there for a couple more decades and gotten my five percent raise every year, and you know had all that fun stuff, but. You know, really, you know, I'm an agency guy at the end of the day. I think most people would tell you that about me. You know, I love, I think insurance mm-hmm. agents are, are about the best group of people in the world. I think your jobs are incredibly hard. I yes. tried to do it back in the day and it's just a grind and I have all the respect in the world for it. No, no, wait a second. You, you slipped that one in there. You tried to do it back in the day. Were you ever an agent? I was. So I was in the non-standard auto world in Florida. So... You know, what? it was just a nonstop chasing payments, chasing renewal. I am learning something new, man. <laughs> yeah. So that was, Oof. man, that was back like late 90s. I mean, I'm feeling I'm aging myself here quite a bit, but yeah, mid to late 90s. Um, I'm not going to tell you uh, what I was doing in the late 90s. Yeah, you're just being born probably. No. <laughs> no, I was shooting hoops. Man, exactly. I was a 14 when the 90s ended. There you go. Yeah, that was the late 80s for me. Uh, no, 16. Sorry, 16 <laughs> when the 90s ended. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I did. But that's neither here nor there. This yep. is your story, you Steve. Go. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so anyway, I did the agency game. I, I love the industry just because, you know, the, the way agencies share with each other and, and you know, are willing to, to you know, really share their, their tips and tricks with each other is, is, I think, unique to this industry for sure. Um, so, anyway, I wanted to get back in the agency game, you know, more directly. Uh, I'd actually gotten to know Brad Fuller over at Lightspeed Voice through an integration with Lightspeed Voice and eAgent. And you'll see that trend continuing um, as we go through the story. But, um, you know, got to know Brad pretty well. Um, 
connected with him and uh, he, you know, he was looking for a, someone to lead the, the sales and marketing part of Lightspeed Voice and, and jumped into that uh, just over three years ago. And, uh, you know, it was really my first big jump into the independent agency space because I, you know, when I was with eBridge, it was really, we were focused on captives. Um, so, you know, I had a lot to learn and a lot to figure out pretty quickly and, uh, you know, just kind of really relied on some of my, you know, social skills, I would say, you know, and kind of find the right people in the room to, to connect with and talk with and all that kind of jazz. So, you know, was able to make some pretty good connections pretty quickly and, uh, you know, had a great time with Lightspeed Voice. I think it's a, still think if you're an independent agent and and you're looking for VoIP services, they're, they're the way to go. Um, the integrations are, are great. You know, the support's great. The product is solid. So nothing but, nothing but love there. Um, you know, had a good three-year run, uh, you know, connected with Will, uh, you know, a couple years back as he was kind of getting his way into the industry. And, you know, of course, Nick Ayers was there. So, you know, we'll touch on that a little bit, but, uh, you know, Nick's always a fun guy. And uh, Nick does not need any more airtime. We don't have to mention him at all. Exactly. I would say that he was a, uh, he was, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that later. But um, so anyway, you got to know Will. You know, when he gets his claws in you, he can be very persuasive, can't he? He can. He can. But uh, yeah. you know, I always kind of joke around. I'm always- so is that is that connection why there's so much engagement with Allstate uh, on Lightspeed's platform? Was that your doing or was that already there before you got there? No. So it was actually um, – I worked with Brad, you know, really – pretty shortly after the integration or after the acquisition. And they were the first ones to do the integration with eAgent and Lightspeed Voice. So they, they got to jump on that game really early and VoIP was fairly new. So yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't necessarily, I, I'll give Brad more credit than, than myself on that one because he pursued it pretty heavily and, and was obviously mm-hmm. able to market it very well to all state agents. Um, but I certainly, you know, we, we contributed and then uh, kind of benefited from, from the last three years. And there's some, uh, you know, interesting stuff going on at Allstate as a whole. I'm sure, as you guys know, they're just trying. To, <laughs> That's a very polite way yeah. of putting it. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I was early in on those conversations. I was like, yeah, I'm, I like agents. I don't want to be part of the total dismantling of an agency force. But you know, well, when when multiple current employees of the company are telling me, dude, I have no idea what's going yep. on, and you know, when we have people that are in various places of authority that are sitting there going i mean I yep it's like okay yeah, no, this is a-, a really really bad time to be an all-state exclusive agent i i mean i remember the bloodbath uh that happened with farmers back when i was an agent yeah. like i was part of a mass exodus of yep. well over a thousand agents left the company in a year and the same exact thing is happening uh, with big blue right now yep. and you know, many of them listen to this podcast. So, hi, exclusive Allstate <laughs> agents. We feel your pain. Yes. And uh, hopefully, uh, many of you are coming over to the light side. So, there you go. Uh, I don't want to talk bad about the agent. It's more like, you know, Allstate, home office, what are y'all doing? Like, yeah. you're actively alienating your own agency force. Yeah. And I, you know, it's there's like, oh, well, you can't call in. You have to use this chat function to get help with the policies. Like, I can't have phone support for an active policy. Yeah. What? Yeah. And one of the interesting things is they, you know, they rolled out this, you know, they're in the process of rolling out a mandatory phone system. And, you know, the first thing you get is an IVR. So it's like they've been pitching, you know, the local presence and being that trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. And now you have to go through hoops. And here's a phone tree, person. a yeah. mandatory corporate yep. modeled phone tree. Yep. Sure. That makes sense. Exactly. <laughs> I'll get myself in trouble. So, sorry, I, uh, I took you off of your uh, off of your narrative there. Yeah. Uh, so you get the pitch uh, from Will, yep. and then that conversation. Yeah. How did that go? Because you seem like the kind of guy who's really loyal. You want to be where you are, and you're all in where you are. Uh, I really like Brad Fuller. Everything I've yep. seen from him has been top notch. So you know, I imagine you guys yeah. get along great. Totally. How did how did better agency? lure you away what what is it about ba that made it attractive to you yeah so it's kind of funny after i did the e-agent thing and you know worked on, on the ams side in all state I, I swore i would never jump back into the ams or crm world just because it is so complex but um mm-hmm. you know got to know will pretty well uh you know really liked the like him as a person 
and then really liked the vision and the direction of the company. When we started talking, it was still too early in the game, you know, to, to really kind of jump in with both feet. But, uh, you know, we stayed in touch, obviously, and, and we did the integration with Lightspeed Voice and Better Agency, you know, did that pretty early on and, and we're developing that relationship. And which yeah. was beautiful, by the way. Yeah, that is great. one of the smoothest integrations yep. I've ever seen. Yeah, and it's, it's we, we had some serious challenges with BA when we were using the platform because this was a year ago, yep. and we're I mean we're fifty percent ENS and eighty yeah. percent commercial, and those are really the only two things that BA doesn't do very well is yep. ENS and commercial. Yeah, but I'd tell you that that Lightspeed Voice integration was just beautiful. Yep. I mean, text and MMS. And, you know, phone call recordings dropped in the contact record. Like, man, that is what an integration is supposed to look like. Absolutely. Yeah. And there's still some plans, you know, to go a little deeper there. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on with Better Agency that's kind of delaying it. But they're, you know, still looking to pursue some stuff there. But, um, you know, just got to know Will. Obviously, Nick, I, I had known for a while. I hadn't really known Nick well. You know, I just, you know, saw him here and there. You just knew stage Nick. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, you know, just got to know him and then... Uh, you know, just as time progressed and, and we, you know, just got to know each other better, got to know the vision more. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we go along, but really the mm-hmm. vision of better agency. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a space that there's really just hasn't been a lot of innovation in at all for a long time because it's very difficult. You know, when you're dealing with such a large and diverse stru- database structure, um, you know, it's very complex. You have every agency operating different ways. They pay their people different ways. You know, there's just so many variables in it. Um, switching is very difficult, you know, when you're going from one system to another. So there's a lot of challenges there, but in general, the, the vision, the direction, um, and the team, you know, were really critical, you know, when I decided to, to make the jump and, uh, you know, it's just good. Uh, I'm excited and, and just really looking to, to really ramp things up as we go. I think it's interesting that you made sure I was not a customer of whatever company you were going to move to next. <laughs> so it's, you know, I, I'm considering BA. But I got to make sure Jenkins is not a customer. Yeah, no. Because I'm not going to put up with this crap. It's, you know, you always know where you stand, stand with you. So that's, you know, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, it's, uh, it's, it's a mixed blessing. You know, you, you love the feedback yep. and you, the, the hard thing. And, you know, I've been in this, you know, like I said, in this game for, you know, probably 15-ish years and you always want stuff. I'm in the sales role, customer facing, agency facing all the time. You know, I always want to tell people yes. So when things slow mm-hmm. take longer, I understand why and I get it. And, uh, you know, but it still, it still hurts, you know, and I always want stuff done faster than, than you guys even do. Yeah. Well, it's, it's the eternal struggle between the development team and the sales oh, team, yeah. right? Like that's every technology company from here to Timbuktu because yep. – you know, it's the sales team's job to get the customer to say yes and promise everything. And then the developers are like, shut up, sales team. Yeah. That's six months away. Don't yeah. tell them it's three months away. Yeah. No, I had and one of my- We all know in developer land, six months means a year. So- Yeah. One of my favorite stories, I had you know, one of my real close friend at Allstate and you know, he was the really driving the roadmap, you know, initiative. So, I actually brought him out to an event- and, you know, he would, I would always come back from events with all these ideas and thoughts and timelines and he would always get mad at me. I was like, well, just come to an event with me, you know, and he just, he's there and he came over to me like after like two hours and he's like, he's like, we got to get all this stuff done. Like these people really want this stuff. I'm like, yeah, like I don't just come up and welcome to the up. sales game. My and he's friend. like, it's terrible <laughs> telling somebody something's not ready or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I do this like literally every day. <laughs> so, wow. you know. It's, but that we, you know, we try and do that. And that's why, you know, I think even with you and we chatted, I'm like, you know, and you'd already done so, but I always want to get people in touch with the developers, with the product managers, mm-hmm. just so they know it's not, you know, just kind of me coming up with stuff. It's, you know, and, and it really learning the use cases and how you guys operate your businesses is so critical to, to really getting stuff done. So. And it has, it was so important to me that if I'm going to have any kind of rapport. If people are going to care at all what I think, I've got to be really careful that the stuff that I complain about or raise a, you know, raise my hand and go, why is that yep. that way? Yep. That I've got to be really diligent to make sure the stuff that I'm, you know, bringing up is actually worth bringing up. Yep. And it's not like a personal preference thing. And, you know, I saw Jordan's, uh, Jordan, CTO of Better Agency for the guys, you guys that don't know, Jordan Hatch. And, you know, he was featured on one of the videos for BA just a couple of days ago as we record this. 
And he said, it's not the developer's job to change the color of that button or move it over there on the screen. Is like, you want to piss off a developer real fast, complain to him about where the button is located. The developers are concerned with fixing problems, with improving the overall user experience. If you're talking about colors and locations and sizes of buttons, like that's the fastest way to make the developer hate you. Yep. It's like, you got to... You got to bring up really impactful, meaty, relevant stuff or else the developer is just going to ignore everything you're saying because it's not important. It's just personal preference stuff. And I, I think for those of us that enjoy any kind of rapport uh, with, you know, with a development team, with somebody in an executive role like you are, you know, choose your words carefully because anybody can complain from the safety of their keyboard. Uh, it, it takes a lot more thought and energy uh, to be useful in the feedback category. Otherwise, you just get a reputation of being a jerk who complains all the time and <laughs> yeah. then nobody wants to be around you at the happy hour. There you go. No, so. it's, a, it's a tough, you know, it's a tightrope walk, you know, because you want to, we want the feedback. Every every developer, every every company wants the feedback, um, but they all want it kind of different ways at different times and different formats and all that kind of good stuff. So, it's it can be a, a challenge, but um, to your point, I always I always welcome it, but it, it always is received best if it's you know hey here's the to your point here's the problem I'm trying to solve in my agency here's the issue we're running into while using your system doing that you know and how can we bridge that gap and uh, you know I, I always kind of say it, a lot of the times the stuff that to me seems so monumental like there's no way we could do that sometimes the developer is like oh yeah that's like two weeks of work but then like the easiest thing like moving a moving a field you know all of a sudden they're like, well that's going to be like seven months. I'm like, what are you talking? It should be like seven days, you know? So yeah. and there's so much complexity and in intertwining, you know, that one field is tied to 47 reports. So if you move mm-hmm. it or change it, now you're changing all those reports. You know, there's just a lot. Now you have 300 lines of code and an entire SQL database is now rendered obsolete. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So you move over to BA and in large part because of the vision that was cast. Yep. You know, Nick and Will, I mean, Will's not as as much of a, a salesman uh, as Nick is. Nick is the marketing guy. He's, he's the pitchy sales guy. Uh, Will is a lot more, you know, in the weeds, you know, fixing big problems, doing CEO stuff. Yep. Now, how did that whole conversation on vision because I'm in the middle of writing a book uh, and it's it's going to be geared towards helping people launch a scratch agency and do all the things. But literally the first chapter after the introduction is vision, mission, and values yep. and how that plays out practically. Like Because vision, mission, and values are everything for, for scrappers like you and me. Like the vision, mission, and values make everything else happen. They're the glue that holds the entire thing together. Yep. What was that like for you, like dissecting this whole thing with BA? Yeah. So, it's, to your point, you know, I, I would say, you know, Nick Nick is a marketer at heart, right? He, he wants to create content. He wants he to- He can't help himself. No, he just- That's who he is. Exactly. And he's just, he wakes up thinking it, he's thinking it when he's sleeping and all that kind of jazz, but he's, he's not as much of the- uh, the visionary, I would say, you know, where Will, you know, really kind of has that, that in him, he's, he's a young guy, you know, at the end of the day, it's, he's, he's an impressive dude for, especially for his age. And, um, you know, just someone you want to kind of get behind and follow. And, you know, he just can really articulate what he, what he's trying to, to say in a, in a very effective way. And, yep. you know, was really obviously able to sell me on, on where things were going. Obviously I, you know, I validated and, and made sure, you know, these things were all possible, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he's, a but he is very personable, relatable to the staff. You know, it's something me coming in, you know, he was kind of leading the sales team um, just because there was, you know, no real leadership in that spot. So, you know, there's uh they're still very loyal to him and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good, cool enough where he can come in at times and, and share his thoughts and, you know, really inspire people to action and all that kind of good stuff. I tend to be more on the strategic, not as tactical side, where he can come in and, and be very tactical and, um, you know, it's just an interesting blend. And, and we, we do tend to have a nice little working relationship there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, if, if you read his link stuff on LinkedIn, you know, from, from Will, it's super thoughtful, 
even, you know, his videos, you know, he gets it at the end of the day and, uh, yep. you know, we're going to continue to, to work as a team and, and get this stuff driven out. So. Hey, Freedom Jumper, are you looking to take your business to the next level? Who is it, right? Write more business and see your agency succeed with NBS. At Nationwide Brokerage Solutions, they understand the challenges local agents face in the constantly changing marketplace. That's why they offer a wide array of personal and commercial markets and policy options to help you meet the needs of your customers, no matter how unique or outlandish they may be. With a team of experienced and dedicated professionals that provide you with the support and guidance you need to see your agency succeed, Nationwide Brokerage Solutions is here to support you every step of the way. Don't just survive in the competitive insurance industry. Thrive with Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. Get started today. Learn more at nbsbrokerage.com. So what is that vision? You know, what is the the inspirational call to the troops, so to speak? Uh, what What is the, the big hairy problem yep. uh, that BA has? Will was a guest on the show uh, back a few months ago. Uh, so you don't have to speak for the whole company. Like anybody who's a regular listener yep. uh, to AFP has already heard from Will. But what's your take on all this? What's the mission that you're working on? Yeah, I think, you know, automation is kind of the the buzzword, right? I'm usually like the anti-buzzword guy, but basically automating agency operations focused around growth. You know, people will ask me all the time, you know, what's, who's the best prospect for, to, to buy a better agency? And I'm like, if you're a growth-minded agency, we're, we're a great fit for you. Um, whether you're a scratch agency or whether you're 50 people or 100 people or 20, you know, whatever the number is, if you're looking to grow quickly and eliminate a lot of the tasks that are required to get there, whether it be around service items or sales or prospecting, you know, our, our vision is to automate that. And, and the ultimate goal is, you know, truthfully to automate from prospect to bind, right? And then beyond. And, you know, but all at the same time with maintaining the agency relevance, we are, you know, huge proponents. And that's one of the other things that drew me to, to better agency. We're huge proponents of the independent agency. We believe in the data supports the fact that they're the, you know, have been and always will be the key to distribution within this channel. And, you know, people try and come up with different ways and different means. And, you know, it always comes back to the agency and, and we'll continue to do so. So we want to maintain that relevancy. We're, we're going to just continue to strengthen it. And, um, but yeah, it's growth and automation, I would say were the two, two biggest things and two biggest items people need right now. So. Love that. And I, I definitely see that played out uh, being around several people in senior leadership at BA. You know, you join the team. Uh, they've added a lot of people yep. uh, to the BA team, some in senior leadership. Uh, you know, they finished a, a, a fundraising. They're in the middle of fundraising right now. Like there's a lot going on at BA. So I know that some of the problems and challenges, more so than problems, yeah. growth challenges. Yep. Um, that have plagued BA in the past don't seem to be that big of a thing anymore. I think when I read comments and I see people sharing their thoughts on BA uh, in some of these groups and conversations and masterminds and whatnot, you know, one of the most common themes is BA is great in concept, but sometimes poorly executed. Like some of the features feel like they're incomplete. Like the feature got 85% done and then they moved on to something else. Yep. So what what are you guys doing to improve on that? Because I know you've hired a bunch of new developers. You've got a full-time UI UX person yep. where all they are is head of design. Like there's a lot of motion in the completeness direction. Yep. What's your take on that? Yeah, no, and that was one of the big things, you know, as I was making the transition, you know, wanted to feel confident that those things were getting addressed and we're actually in the middle of a, a pretty hefty sprint, not to get too down the tech, you know, tech tunnel, but, you know, developers work in sprints. Typically, they're two weeks, you know, they push stuff out. But this was kind of a bigger, like, eight-week one, and it was really addressed at closing a lot of those 85% loops, you know. Um, you know, as you're growing, you get new demand, you want to sell more stuff, so it's you're always chasing kind of the new shiny thing, but... You know, right as I was coming on board, they actually did kind of make the decision to uh, really focus on closing a lot of those loops, really updating the contact record 
look and feel of that. Um, and, uh, you know, some of the other challenges that we, you know, we're seeing a lot is around onboarding, you know, uh, data, data transfers, and, and they're just complex and we rely on other people's data. So good news on that front is among the other hires, we did hire a director of customer success. And, you know, she's really focused on, you know, that onboarding and data transfer process. And, you know, I feel great about the direction there. We're going to see some immediate, you know, have seen some immediate improvements. Um, and then to your point on the product side, you know, we've made some great hires and, uh, you know, really in weeks, not months, we'll, you'll, you'll start seeing some really drastic changes and um, stuff that people have been asking for for a long time. So the, you know, just like anything, they, like you said, you get, we got done the fundraising that obviously <laughs> allows for, for some hiring and, uh, you know, we're, we're pumped about where we're headed and, you know, uh, you know, again, it's in the October, November timeframe range, not like next year stuff. So, um, you know, we, we'll be communicating a bunch about it and, and we'll continue to, to drive that. So I asked you ahead of time, you know, what are we allowed to talk about? What are we not? Cause full disclosure, um, I'm, I'm an official, uh, advisor with better agency. Uh, I have signed an NDA. There are certain things that I'm not allowed to discuss, especially not on a podcast that uh, will have a couple thousand listeners in the next few months. Uh, but I can ask you, what are you guys working on next? What's the big snazzy, to use a word that my mom uses all the time, and I find it ironic, yeah. the word snazzy is not itself snazzy. <laughs> Imagine that. So, what is, uh, what is a, a big snazzy feature, a, a, a mic drop kind of feature that BA is working on? Yeah. So You don't have to give me a development timeline, but just tease us a little bit with yeah, the candy uh, that's coming so next. So, we're um, a couple things we're you know, kind of have put out and I would say would fall into that unfinished category, you know, or one of the big ones is accord forms. You know, we, we did, we've dropped mm -hmm. some accord forms. We continue to add them and, and we'll, you know, we've found some ways to increase our velocity around getting the accord forms out there. That's been a big challenge for us. And again, there's just so many of them. We, we find the ones that most people use, you know, and, and do those first, obviously, but then, you know, each agency might have a certain one in their area, whatever the case is. So accord forms continue to be part of that process. Uh, commissions, calculations, and, and functionality are, are continuing to evolve within the tool. So we do anticipate having having some stuff along that lines. And, uh, you know, I'd say really kind of the next big thing, and, and again, the timelines not involved, but, um, you know, we are pushing towards a, a Raider, uh, you know, at some point in the future. Um, which, you know, we're always hoping for sooner than later, but, uh, you know, that would kind of be the next big thing. And then, um, you know, continuing to automate different items. So those are the kind of the fun stuff coming. Um, hmm. the first two sooner. And when you say Raider, do you mean personalized Raider or, cause I know you guys are, uh, it's, there's fairly public conversations where, uh, you know, Tarmica's name is tossed around a lot for the commercial side of things. Yep. So you guys are, are working on building a personal lines raider. We definitely want to have representation across all products. Yes. So yeah, it'll be um, evolving. So yeah. You just made a lot of people very happy right. uh, if they didn't already know that that was something that was coming someday. Yeah. Because I mean, if, if you throw out Turbo Raider, which I think ITC had Turbo Raider, if I remember correctly, I forget who the parent company was. You really only have two choices. Yep. I, I don't, I've never personally used applied Raider from everybody that I know of, like everybody that I've personally spoken with absolutely hates applied Raider as being not even a real Raider. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> other people have said that. Yep. I don't have any personal experience with applied, but I have used easy links and I'm currently using PL Raider. And I got to say, if that's the best the industry can do with those two options with easy links now being owned by applied, it's like, well, wait a second, Vertifor and Applied, the two biggest companies in the BNC industry, well, wait a second, there's got to be a better option, right? <laughs> so it, I am absolutely thrilled to hear that you guys are working on a, a viable quality third option because, you know, for as big a company as Vertifor is, you'd think they'd be able to deliver a better user experience. The whole, you know, single sign, it's like, it's, it's like Hydra. Yep. There's so many different pieces and components like, I'm confused how to use this and I'm a reasonably intelligent person, but where do I go? I, uh, there's 74 buttons and I'm not sure where I'm supposed to do these things. 
and it's not the most intuitive. It's not fast. Uh, it's there's so much room for improvement. Yep. You're making my day with this whole Raider conversation, man. Yeah, well, we'll just leave it for there for now. But it's definitely down the path, and hopefully, you know, as we progress over the next couple of weeks, several weeks, we'll have some some concrete information. But it's definitely in the hopper, and that would so in the coming months, people will have something specific to look forward to. Uh, fare thee well, those of you who are languishing and uh, and toiling away with raiders that you don't like. Um, better agencies riding a white horse, and someday they will rescue you. Sooner than later. Bad raider experience. There you go. <laughs> An unknown time in the future, right, Steve? That's it. That's it. Awesome. What what else is up your sleeve, man? What you want to talk about here? We we've been going about thirty two minutes, and uh, I I don't. I don't want to draw you offside somewhere. There's a lot of questions I could ask, but uh, <laughs> anything you want to chat about while you're here? And any uh, any current events or industry things that you're just itching to talk shop about? Uh, nothing too exciting. Uh, I was trying to trying to rack the old brain, but yeah, no, we got a uh, couple couple events coming up, and most people know I'm at uh, pretty much any event that that's out there. I'll probably slow that down just a little bit these days. Send some other folks, but. Uh, you, know, we'll be at- you are a trade show junkie, aren't you? You can't help yourself. If there's an industry trade show, you you're you're drawn to it. We're trying to slow that down a little bit. Yeah, the uh, you know it's it's a it's a a rigorous thing. I definitely suffer from FOMO. So if there's something going on, I'll be like, yeah, I'm not going this year. And then like three weeks out, you know, I get that old fear of missing out. And I'm like, all right, I'll just go. You know, um, but yeah, trying to empower some other folks within the company to do that kind of stuff. And, mm. It's a it's a grind, you know the deal, and um, you can. Now, now here's what I'm I'm curious curious about because you really are a road warrior, but at the same time, I see pictures of your family, and you have three ex- exquisite daughters that are coming up in your family. I'm just curious when you're on the road, who is in your chair cleaning the shotgun when the boys come <laughs> over? It's a it's a mess. Um, it's a it's a never ever growing challenge. Thankfully, they're. You know, they're at the age now. I, I made it through the teenage years. I think it, I, I always joked at one point I had a 13, 16, and 19-year-old daughter literally at the same time. So, that was probably wow. the worst year of my life. But, uh, yeah, now the oldest one's 25. She's married. The second one's 22. She's uh, heading that direction. And then, oh, so they're older. Okay. They are. And then the For some reason, I, th- I was thinking they were still like in the formative years. No. So, it's not quite as bad as it was a few years ago. Yeah, it was rough a while back. But, uh, and then... Uh, yeah, so we're good. And they, you know, obviously technology makes that a lot easier these days. They, mm-hmm. you know, um, my, my son's the worst. He only calls me when he needs pizza when I'm on the road, basically, because I, mm. I have the Domino's app on my phone. So he's like, <laughs> I'm like, hey, dad, need pizza. Oh, really? And I'm like, can you at least say hello? Like, at least just fake it for like two texts, you know? So do you do you wear a T-shirt that just says pizza punk? Yeah, I should. I should. Yeah. No. no, you're your son's gopher. That's it. No, I, I really can't talk. I didn't fully appreciate the whole girl dad thing oh, until I became one. It's the best. And she's she's three now, yep. and she already runs me, man. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yep. It's like my son is five, and already, like, he'll look at me like, <laughs> I totally would not get away with that. Exactly. What are, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why do you put up with that? Yeah. I just tell and mine. I don't even know how to answer it. Yeah, I just tell mine they better take care of me when I'm an old man putting up with all this stuff, you know, when I'm, when I'm old and needed, they'll, they'll, they'll be there to take care of me. Now, so. you, along with Mr. Cass, switching for just a second here, uh, you know, you and Cass are probably two of the most prolific golfers I know, other than Billy Williams. Mm-hmm. I see behind you, there's a bunch of flags <laughs> on the wall behind <laughs> you. So, you've got to be loving the whole connection to Phoenix now because – I've never seen so many golf bags on an airport turnstile yeah. than when I flew into Phoenix most recently. It's incredible. Uh, back in April. It's incredible. Yeah. So, Will, Will's will been happy because uh, there's not many golfers working at better agencies. So, now um, I've definitely dragged my clubs over there the two times I, I flew out there. And, uh, yeah, the last time I was there, we played some course. It was called Dinosaur Mountain, which was pretty amazing. Um, it's literally on a mountain that looks like a dinosaur. and we did make the mistake of playing at like one o'clock in the afternoon in the desert oh, in June. So we were pretty much on the verge of death, but we had a blast <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm, you know, golf is my thing. And I just really probably three years ago, you know, cause I was traveling quite a bit for a bunch of years. I finally just said, I'm taking my clubs. Basically if I can play twice while I'm somewhere, I'll take my clubs with me and 
it makes that road life definitely much more enjoyable. And oh, by the way, mm-hmm. you can strike up some pretty good relationships with with people on the golf course as well. Um, so uh, I don't know any other way you're going to get an uninterrupted three or four hours with yep. somebody. Yep. I mean, if you're if you can't walk away from that with a new friend or at least a good professional colleague, yep. you're probably in the wrong industry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And you mentioned Billy. I mean, him and I have shared some great rounds out on the road as well. And uh, like you said, you get a guy like that on the golf course. And uh, one of my favorite Billy Williams stories is we're playing, you know, and we just got, uh, it was him and I, and then this, this other third player that Billy had known a little bit. And we got on to like the, the fourth tee and, and Billy just goes off on the guy. He's like, I just I, I figured out why your agency is not being successful right now. And the guy was kind of like, what are you talking about? And he goes, he goes, you probably run your agency like you play your golf game. He's like, you have no, you have no, you have no routine. You just walk up there. You're not aiming in the right direction. You're just doing this and that. And he was like, you need processes. You need steps. You need lit. You know, it was just this whole thing. And the guy just was like dumbfounded. And he just looked at Billy and he goes, he goes, you're right. He's like, I just go, I just wing it. You know, and it was just hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's wow. <laughs> I'm, we're not recording video right now, but you can imagine the oh shoot <laughs> look at my face right now. It was now. great. Like you as the third wheel, you just sitting there going, "Oh, oh yeah. this is because yeah, I didn't know they knew each other even at that point." You know, it turns out afterward because when I when like father was like Billy, what was that all about? He's like, "Oh no, we we played one other time." You know, it was just kind of a, a funny thing, but yeah. But anyway, the, the golf course is great. You mentioned Jason Cass. I mean, we we've played a few times, and uh, you know, anytime I can get out there. I'll go play. So when you – I see Torrey Pines behind you there. Did you get to play the north course? We played uh, – I played that last October. Um, it was beautiful. Had a blast. I Hole just, number four, man. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. I just went by myself. That was one of those times I was out there. I was able to get a tee time. Just literally went by myself, got paired up with three guys and had a blast. Um, guys that mm. I – believe it or not, I still keep in touch with. They're in the mortgage industry and uh, – you know, just really, really strong stuff. And then, yeah, I did the stadium course in in Scottsdale. And then I got Sawgrass up in Jacksonville. So those are just places I've played. And then uh, Copperhead's the course. That, that's where they have the waste management open exactly with the, right. the giant horseshoe-shaped 18th oh, yeah. green. Yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't set up when I played there with all the bleachers and stuff. But, uh, but yeah. No, I love golf. And like I said, it's great relationships. You know, I play with my son now. Um, can't beat that. And uh, – you know, just something you can do until you're old too, which is nice. Well, you can't really see it, but that box over there is Charlie's first set of golf clubs. There you go. Um, I I've decided to be intentional about introducing him to the game because I, I really enjoy the idea of golf. Yep. I just don't have that much time right now. But yeah, and your frame doesn't exactly me, you know strike well with golf. You know, being what are you like six eight? Uh, six six, yeah. <laughs> But my my clubs, I have uh, four degrees of loft and an inch and a half extension on yep. the shaft, just yeah. so I, you know, can not look like a penguin, yeah. you know, bending over yeah. trying to put my nose to the ground yeah. when I swing a normal set of clubs. Yeah, no, it's funny. There's two two pictures actually. One picture I had with you when we were in San Antonio for Brain Share, where the angle looks like I'm like four feet two, <laughs> and then then when I when I got hired, I did this picture with you know Nick. I'm in between Nick and Will. And I wasn't really, you know, on my phone, yeah. it didn't look so bad. And then I put it on LinkedIn and I was like, oh my gosh, these guys are both giant. Like I look like a midget. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, you're just an average, I'm a normal, normal sized yeah, human. You know, I, you're what, like 5'10"? I mean, I say six foot, but I'm 5'10", you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's nothing small about 5'10", no. 185 no, or whatever you are. You it's guys. perfectly normal sized yeah. human. But no, it's 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 funny. But yeah, no, it's a uh, it's good stuff. And just funny about kids and golf. Not to get on that down that path too far, but uh, when my daughters were younger, I always wanted to I wanted my kids to play golf. And I'm like, no, it's going to be too expensive. You know, golf is so expensive. And then I got them into club volleyball. I'm like, holy cow, I was spending. <laughs> and then you realize how expensive oh, club yeah. volleyball it was is. Way worse than golf would have been. So yeah. Let your kids play golf. Mm. Don't get them into other sports. <laughs> you know, I I see, you know, posts from you and flags on the wall behind you. I don't think there's anything wrong with spending a few minutes talking about something that you really enjoy that's, Definitely. you know, important to you. Yep. So, you know, the, the better agency thing, it, it is an enigma almost because there is this balance between 
power user functions that then creates the opportunity for the user base to break things and to need help with XYZ. Yep. And, you know, we, we were on active campaign when I first launched Riskwell uh, for about a year, a little more than a year. Uh, and then we heard of this new company that was launching. At that point, it was brand, brand new. Yep. Uh, we heard about it from Chris Langell at Advisor Evolved. There was a webinar and Advisor Evolved did this thing where they introduced Better Agency. Before the webinar had even logged off, I had already signed up for BA. Yep. I don't know what user number I was, but it was really, really, really early. Yeah. And we did that for a year and I never quite found the groove because I was always the super customized sure. power user trying to make everything happen in, in just the right way. Never really found my groove at BA. And Nick and I had the conversation of, I don't know if this is the right place for me. And this was early last summer, yep. about a year ago. And Nick was like, dude, I'm going to be real with you. You are not our target prospect yep. and you never will be. You're not the customer that we want because you want to tinker with everything. You're highly complex. You're the guy who's messing with stuff that 95% of people don't even think to mess with. So we went to agency zoom and tried that for three months and left that quickly. Cause not really my thing yep. for reasons that I won't get into right now. Um, lack of customization, some broken promises from, uh, senior people on, on features that were going to be adjusted and they weren't. And then, you know, that was in the middle of the whole Vertifor acquisition it was like, Oh, that's yeah. why they weren't adjusted yep. because you guys were in the middle of being bought by daddy orange, <laughs> uh, as I've, I've taken to calling Vertifor. Yep. Um, so we left agency zoom and went back to active campaign mostly because it is a blank slate. You can make it whatever you want to make it. Um, and I know philosophically BA has a certain amount of utility they want to deliver and flexibility with how people operate from one agency style to another. Now, what's your philosophy on that balance between giving people a lot of power to customize things and make it how they want it to be like, you know, a keep or infusion soft yep. or Salesforce or, the toned down version like Active Campaign or HubSpot or something like that, where there's a whole lot of potential for complexity, yeah. but also customization versus, hey, here's the box of toys. You can you know mess with these 16 different levers. You can pull those 16 levers, but nothing more. We're going to give you the box and you have to play with it basically how we give it to you. you know, what, what's your philosophy on balancing those two, the need for customization but then also the need to have something that just works out of the box like it's supposed to. Yeah, I think philosophically, obviously, I would love everybody to be able to do everything they ever wanted to do in life. You know, it's like that, that would be great. You know, James could get his version and then the rest of the world would, would get theirs. And, and at the end of the day, we are in a very specific industry and the you know, independent insurance agencies are our bread and butter. Um, so, you know, we do really have to cater it to that audience. And the bulk of that audience, of course. So if you look at it as a, from the business side, you know, let's call it 80% of the market are, you know, our, our target. So we need to put all the efforts towards that. Right. And, and we, we provide some great out of the box stuff. Um, and it just gets down to the, you know, the revenue versus uh, the cost benefit analysis, so to speak. So to, to really make it truly customizable. Now we're, maybe alienating some of the folks that are either just getting started or don't necessarily want to do that stuff. So um, I think especially as we grow, you know, we really, we're going to really focus on that, um, you know, made for you stuff with the ability to customize here and there um, and, you know, kind of build out from there. And again, it just gets into the complexity of uh, if we have eight huge massive features we need to work on, you know, once we get done those eight, maybe we can look at some more of that customization stuff. But uh, yeah, I think we would love to, to provide that, you know, anybody can do anything, but we are such a niche product at the end of the day. You know, we've got to drive towards that and, uh, you know, keep most, most folks happy most of the time. So. Yep. That's the goal, right? That's it. You know, you got to make most of the people happy most of the time because you'll never make everybody happy all the time. That's for sure. Absolutely. Any, anything else you want to talk about as we land the plane here? Any any other you know topics you want to bring up or 
you know, points you want to make? Yeah, no, definitely appreciate the time. I think we covered a lot of ground. Went fast, right? It felt like it was about a 20-minute talk, and, and we're coming and up on 46 40. minutes later. Yeah. Here we are. No, it's awesome. Um, looking forward to uh, hopefully seeing a bunch of folks at Innovation. We'll be out there. We'll be at InsureTech. Will and I will be. Um, I know most agencies don't hit that one, but uh, yeah, see you at Innovation. And then we've got the Better Agency Conference next April. We've got Damon John coming to that. Agency success. We got Damon yeah. John coming. Got some really big speakers there. So we hope to see a bunch of folks that is just as an FYI open to customers and non-customers. So um, we'll definitely put. And unlike innovation, it's also open to staff as well. It is. That's one of the main things. It's a limiting factor uh, for innovation for anybody who's you know in the IAOA Facebook group. You have to be an owner. You know, at least 1% equity, according to Dave Jackson, <laughs> uh, but agency success, all are welcome. Team, spouse, you know, agency principals, everybody. I'll be there. Look forward to seeing uh, many of you out there, Freedom Jumpers. Um, so as we wrap up this uh, very insightful and uh, hopefully entertaining episode uh, with Steve Moore, Go ahead and check out betteragency.io, folks. Uh, betteragency.io is where you can go to schedule uh, your demo, your consultation. Uh, and the I don't know what the price point is right now, but it's a per user and it's banded for, you know, up to a certain number of users. And then, you know, to the next level, you get a price break and then another price break and then some enterprise solutions available for those of you with big teams out there. Um, but yeah, check them out at betteragency.io. I'm a big fan of BA and of Steve Moore. Glad to see you uh, on my screen at least and in living color uh, before too long. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks, James. It was a blast. Awesome. That is it for another episode of the Agents of Freedom Podcast. Make it a great day, boys and girls. We will talk to you real soon. Y'all take care. Thanks for listening to the Agency Freedom Podcast. Please subscribe to AFP on your favorite platform to get automatic updates with every new episode and help other people find us. If you like what you hear, please drop us a review and tell the world what you like best. Most importantly, please share AFP with someone you know who is still in captivity. They'll thank you later. Visit our website at agencyfreedom.com to get access to exclusive content and announcements. Join our community on Facebook by typing in Agency Freedom in the search bar. Send your questions, comments, guest recommendations, and favorite grilling recipes to us at podcast at agencyfreedom.com. This is the Agency Freedom Podcast, where we help insurance professionals move from captivity to freedom. Until next time, let's go.